Hello and welcome to episode 101 of the Hillcrest Duo. We are taping this live in Crest Hill, Illinois on Saturday, May the 11th. The 11th of May, the second Saturday of May. I am Metal John. You can follow me on Twitter at Metal John Radio. Along with me is Mr. Brad Risto. Follow me on Twitter at Brad Risto, dude. All right, uh, we're done arguing for now. Yeah. I, we, we had a pretty uh, pretty intense podcast. With That's our, right, brother. With our review of Endgame. And we will, uh, I, I think we're going to give it some time and we're going to revisit uh, our, our discussion. And oh, may, the- maybe we'll find some other people to join in the discussion to see, yes. to see if, you know, where they stand, you know, because you know where we stand. You know where I stand. And, Although you know, the, um, I do want to point out, I did watch it again. I can finally explain time travel. Basically, you can't change your past. You can only go back to the future you know. So ostensibly... I I understand that. Ostensibly, in Back to the Future, Marty would have still gone back to a future where Doc Brown is dead and his parents were losers. He would have created an alternate universe, but yeah. Now I understand that better. Regardless, we have things to talk about. Yes. Uh, in this podcast, we're going to have kind of a big mix-up of things, but main focus on this podcast, we were going to talk about the new Spider-Man Far From Home uh, trailer that yes. uh, that just recently dropped, which includes in-game spoilers. By so now, many. if you haven't seen in-game yet, chances are you probably don't want to see it or care about oh, no, it. No, 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 no. So no, you no. don't mind. You don't mind the spoilers. Cause I know someone who's trying to go through all the MCU before seeing Endgame. And he has, like, seven movies left. All right. Well, I mean, obviously that person didn't care enough, like, over the last few years to watch the movies. Well, he well, he's seen them all. He just wanted to do them all in a row and then see oh, Endgame. Oh, rewatch. Okay. Rewatch. Sorry. Yep. And then me and you, we went on a date and we saw uh, Detective Pikachu <laughs> a few nights ago. Yes. So we're going to have our spoiler-filled review of that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, HBO just recently dropped uh, a new trailer Another teaser, you could say, because oh, this some... one is all teaser. You have yeah. no idea what the hell's going. Well, well on. they've had other teasers before, just like little Instagram, like five second, ten second teasers. But this yes. is like a full blown, like two minute teaser. Well, those other teasers... TikTok, TikTok. We will talk about that. Yes, those other teasers though didn't let you 100% know that it was teasing the Watchmen. Smart people figured it out. This is the first one that actually says Watchmen. Yes. So uh, that'll be coming out this fall. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I think you actually have been watching a few things on Netflix. So why don't we start off with that? What have, what have you been seeing lately? Um, I'm uh, about halfway through the Umbrella Academy. Oh, what do you think so far? I like it a lot. Obviously, it's this kind of different take on the X-Men. Yeah, I mean, you watch it and you know like from episode one or two, like, all right, this is like... X-Men, obviously influenced by the X-Men. Oh, no doubt. And uh, it's an original story um, from a graphic novel series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the same guy who, who created the, the graphic novel is, like, behind, like, oh, yes. the He's show connected. as well. So it's not, you know, it's not an adaptation, you know, by somebody fibers. else. And it's, it's a really fun and interesting show. Obviously, it's about what would happen if there was a superhero team that kind of 
broke apart by like the Beatles, but they all went kind of amicably. Yeah, I mean, think of it as like X Men, be- but a smaller group. Yes, and they also it's not it's not as massive as like where the X Men's got like 900 mutants with like powers. And, this is more consolidated. And more importantly, instead of going on and continuing to be heroes, they just went and got regular jobs. They yeah, went they became, went on and did their own thing and became. And, it became, for want of a better term, normal. Obviously, one of them becomes a movie star, so you can't exactly call that normal. Well, I mean, and they don't really abuse their powers either. Like, no. we noticed, like, you know, for example, the movie Star One, you know, she can, like, mind control people a little bit. She can, well, she can, she can plant them. thoughts in their head that they. Believe. I heard a rumor that you're going to give me 20 bucks, Metal. Oh, hey, man, I owe you 20 bucks. Yeah! So, uh, anyways. And as the show goes on, Brad, like it becomes a lot cooler. I mean, it's well, there's, there's, um, there's, like I feel like it's got a slower start, and you kind of just don't like you get where it's going, but then as like you start learning more about characters you didn't know yet, right. and you know, there's a few characters that are a little mysterious. You're like, well, what the hell is up with this person? Well, yeah, and I'm you a- figure out more stuff about them as it goes on. And I just think how they kind of slowly introduce things throughout the show. I think it makes it better. So as the sh- as it goes long- on, it gets better and better. And by the time the show ends, you're like, wow, that was actually really good. Long form storytelling, it's always great. But yeah, I've yeah. been enjoying that. Yeah. So and once I you saw finish the- that. We'll talk about. And it. I also saw the Highwayman on uh, Netflix. The- oh, that was good too. Yes, the Kurt Russell, um, Woody Harrelson flick. Nice. And I really liked it. I thought it had a really great story. Although I'm going to say this, I think focusing more on Kurt Russell's character, I mean, Kevin Costner, sorry, brain fart, Kevin Costner's character was a detriment because I think his character was really boring and Woody Harrelson's had so much more character and so much going on for it. He was this regretful guy who um, uh, obviously accidentally killed a 13-year-old and he just had more personality. He was more amiable than Kevin Costner's no-nonsense guy from the 30s that he's been playing for the past 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess I never... I mean, I, I agree that he Woody Harrelson's character is a little bit more interesting, but as far as just the storyline goes... Oh, it's a great I mean, story. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed it because it's a side of the whole Bonnie and Clyde story that we never really knew like much details about. I mean, obviously we know these detectives hunt them down and, and got them, but how did they get to that point? And, well, you the know, story was r- relatively well known that they, they got their ass lit up. Yeah. Oh boy. And I didn't know when I got to that moment, I'm like, okay, are they going to go with the artsy kind of cut away and be like, we're not going to let you see it, or are you going to get to see it? And, boy, howdy, do you get to see it. And I didn't even realize they paraded them through the city. Oh, yeah. They had, like, the tow truck. And this is, I guess, the days before you would put a white sheet over a body. You're just, eh, whatever. I mean, we nah. got a body well, here. These we gotta... guys, they were they were mass murderers, yeah. were Bonnie and Clyde. So the it had become personal for law enforcement. So they did not give a damn. Yeah, and I just recently watched uh, – the Zac Efron, Ted Bundy movie that's Ooh, on Netflix. Boy, uh, Netflix extremely is... wicked, uh, whatever it's called. It's got a long okay. title. But uh, that is a really interesting movie because it's not the Ted Bundy story that, that people might be expecting. You're not going to see him kill anybody. You're not going to see him rape anybody. It's a story about how he's on trial mm-hmm. and how he has a girlfriend and she is convinced that he is innocent. Oh. And he has convinced her that he is innocent. And he's 
and it's all about his charm and how he goes into court and he's just got this like level of confidence yes. and he was a charm that you you can't help but think, I mean, how did this guy do all these brutal things? Because he's such a nice, likable, charming guy. And then, you know, he's got this girlfriend who's got a young daughter mm-hmm. and she adores him. And you're just like, this is, so, I, I mean, and that's why the title fits perfect. Because he, he had a twisted mind. Manson whole, family as well. He and, made, and te- the, um, Manson was obviously had that same kind of charm. Yeah. That's how we got people to follow him. These sociopaths probably have um, a borderline personality disorder and other kind of um, uh, issues that make them magnetic. Yeah. Now, some people think this Bundy movie is a little boring. I mean, obviously, if you know the story, if you watched a lot of the Ted Bundy tapes and, and, and documentaries and stuff, you kind of know what happens in this movie yeah. as the trial plays out. John Malkovich playing the uh, the judge is pretty awesome. Oh, So Malkovich. there's there's really really good acting i mean zach efron is type bunny he was awesome in it but as far as like the story moving it is it is a little slow moving efron needed this role though because he really is have a heart had a hard time breaking out of being the teen heartthrob yeah well he was awesome in bad grandpa he was but but it's been he's been trying he wants to try and branch out and do things that are not just geared towards the and he uh, and he should because this was a good this was a good olive branch for him because yes. he actually played a really good serious role. Because Bad Grandpa, while it's a good film and a funny film, it's all still I'm a skewing towards the under thirty and just kind of raunchy humor. He wanted to do something that would make him be considered a more serious actor, and that and this fills the role quite well for him. Yep. All right, and before we get to Spider Man, let's talk but, about Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Um. We obviously can't d- dissect this as much as we dissected you. Di- at least you dissected them, Avengers Endgame, because in the end, it's a kids' movie, so plot yes. holes can be forgiven. Correct. I have to say, I really enjoyed this movie. It was fun. It had just enough of the adult humor it needed. I think it did a good job hiding the plot and making it an actual caper, because I actually had no idea which way it was going. Did a good job making you think the elder um, of the two um, uh, people you thought were going to be the bad guy was actually a good guy. Yep. They did a really good job at that by having his ditto appear as him just in the car for no reason. Really, really good job there. And I like how they hid that Ryan Reynolds was the main character's father, even though you'd think he would have figured it out when the Pikachu sounds just like his dad. Yeah. But that's that's the one plot hole I'm going to take a punch at is this Pikachu is talking to me and it sounds just like Dad and he was with Dad. Why is that? Yeah. (laughs) That's the only one I'm going to take a just punch to the solar plex at. Other than that, just an enjoyable film. I like um, uh, um, everything that happened in it. Obviously, the bad guy's plot out there and insane, but I'm like... Huh, I wonder what my Pokemon would be if I had to become my Pokemon, which was what happens to all the people. Huh. Yeah. So As obviously I'm, I'm I've never seen going into this movie, I've never seen a single Pokemon movie. I've never seen a single Pokemon cartoon. I've never played a Pokemon video game other than Pokemon Go, which I still play. So I know the Pokemon characters because yes. of Pokemon Go, and I was like watching the movie and catching like you know different Charizard different... will wreck you fool yeah well, seeing a couple of the Pokemon's you know in the background and 
So when they start start talking about evolution and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I know that. I can evolve. I know, I, I know how to evolve. I know how to evolve the Eevee. So um, I, I, I was able to follow along with that. I actually enjoyed the movie as well because I liked how it wasn't a cartoony anime movie. Instead, it was like – it was almost like Space Jam where it's like we're going to put these characters mm-hmm. that you all Pokemon fans, young and old, love – we're going to put them in a real-world setting where they live amongst us. Just yes. like in Space Jam or Who Framed Roger Rabbit where you had the toons living with the humans. And here you've got the Pokemon living with the humans. Yes. Um, and it's a detective story. And it's as it's just gritty like, as it, I mean, just like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes, and it's about as gritty as it can get for a modern PG movie. Yeah. They do, I mean, obviously they're dealing with someone who technically died. And, uh, yep. And then the mystery of yeah. the death and... Why yeah, is I, Pikachu um, an amnesiac and all that yeah. fun stuff? And like you said, the adult humor was was there. It was, it was on point. And and it was like probably just enough adult humor to keep the movie PG and keep the without kids getting to PG thirteen. While me and you are giggling at yes. you know the alone in the dark scene. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, that was that was a lot of fun. I I, I it's did an enjoyable enjoy film. See it even if you're not a big fan of it, you'll enjoy it. It's a great popcorn film. You'll get a couple chuckles, and you'll probably leave the theater feeling like, yeah, that was worth the time. And before the movie started, we actually saw a trailer for the animated Adams Family movie. Yes, I had seen that, but it still looks good. Yeah. I, that was I, not the first time I had seen it. It might have been for you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in it. It looks like it could be fun. Um, it definitely has some humor in it. Yes, I don't know what their the problem with that movie is going to be, because they obviously haven't gotten to that yet, but yeah, obviously I, had a joke you loved. Yeah, well, I would say one thing about it that I was a little confused by is I didn't know why they made Gomez, like, overweight. (laughs) Yeah, just a character redesign. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, yeah, the the character redesigns on some of them, I'm like, what the hell? Why did they do this? But, I mean, obviously, like, you know, like, Wednesday and Morticia are, like, extremely skinny and lengthy, and, and then you've got, like, some of the characters are big and chubby, but yeah, it's uh, I'm interested in it. I'm going to see it, but let's jump into, I suppose, the main thing we want to talk about, because we could probably do a good 20 minutes on this. Yeah, well, I also trailer. want to talk about the Watchmen teaser real quick. Let's, oh, yeah, let's, let's do talk, that. Let's uh, do the Watchmen teaser trailer. Obviously, the signs have been out there on HBO that they have this new show coming. Most people suspected it was... They've been talking about it for a while. Yes. As most people have suspected, it was Watchmen. They dropped the trailer and pretty much said, "Yep, it's Watchmen." And you really don't know much other than else other than yeah, it's taking place in the Watchmen universe. Yeah, it is. Uh, a couple of the I think they have officially made it clear at least a couple of the 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 new sites I've been reading where I'm kind of like trying to say, okay, what's it about? When's it taking place? Everybody seems to be saying it is set in an alternate version of modern-day America where the Watchmen series, this series coming up on HBO, is going to be taking place after the events of the movie. Yes, and that would make sense because obviously Rorschach dies in the movie. and there's The comedian dies. Like yeah. A lot of people die in the movie. Well, the comedian dies at the beginning, but Rorschach yeah. gets explodified. Yeah, and you see see a bunch of his follower people wearing Rorschach masks that we can only assume are people following him as some kind of like messiah copycats. savior yeah. or some kind or copycats like we saw in Batman and in, in the Dark Knight. Yep, and, and I actually I mentioned this like I liked the Watchmen movie. I I don't know how you felt about it. Most I I it was agree good. I agree 100. percent It's a little long. I yeah. mean it was I mean it was pushing almost three hours and. 
it's very – I mean, it's for people that love the graphic novel. Yeah. Because if you love the graphic they novel, made, this is so detailed of a movie. And for me, I never read the graphic novel. They made no effort but, to But I enjoyed tone it the down. movie. I, I still feel that that movie would have been better told in two parts if oh. they would have done like a volume one, volume two version of it, similar to like the Kill Bill story or just – You'd have to make it a sequel, but you could have made it a two-part movie where you're like, mm-hmm. all right, you know, Watchmen Part One, Watchmen Part Two, whatever. Um, but other than that, as a whole, I really, really enjoyed the Watchmen movie. Liked it a lot. I saw it in the IMAX theater. I have it on Blu-ray or DVD. I have it on one. You have it on something. Um, and, and so now you're gonna have a a story that's gonna be separate from all of that. So yes. it's gonna be original content. Oh yeah. And and I do like oh, that because. The, of the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. No, we have it. no idea what's happening. And like you said, the, the, all the Rorschachs and the, and the TikTok, TikTok thing we're seeing in this new teaser doesn't really reveal much information other than what I got from the teaser was, okay, there's all these Rorschach like followers or like a clan or whatever you want to say. Like they're a group of people that wear the mask and they're like taunting people as like something is coming, something is about to happen. Right. TikTok, TikTok, like we're getting closer, we're getting closer to to a big event or a takeover or, or the something. End of the world or one. the end of the world. Maybe yeah, maybe this is a Y two K thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, and I kinda like that about the about the teaser. I would say visually though, it looks like just as good as Zack Snyder's yeah. visual look of the Watchmen movie. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of follows that same suit. So I'm really excited about it, so I, I can't I'll, wait to see we'll, how, how we'll this see how plays this pans out. Because obviously HBO is going to need something to replace Game of Thrones. Yes, they're losing a lot of subscribers here in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into the main story. Obviously, Monday, the Russo brothers said the um, spoiler ban was going to be lifted on Monday the 6th. And on Monday the 6th, we found out why. Because the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer dropped a new one, and it was... Spoiler filled. We both probably saw it within the first hour of it um, uh, dropping. Your first thoughts, Metal? Uh, well, I would say my first thought, watching just the trailer, I thought to myself, this is awesome yep. that John Favreau is going to have a bigger role in this whole universe. Yes. Because outside of the very first Iron Man movie, he really had... He took a nosedive. He he didn't show up in a lot of movies. And then when he did show up, it was like one scene, like yeah. five lines. And I'm a big John Favreau fan. I love him as an actor. I love him as a director. And to have him be an important piece in the Spider-Man story, mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Which, yeah. again, that's sort of like a, a back burner type of, type of reaction. But I, I'm a John Favreau fan, and, and I love his humor. I love his, you know, I don't. No, I don't work for Spider-Man. I work, I work with, with him. With. I, I, I just, I love all of that. Like, he, I mean, so I really to... hope that in we see in more. Spider-Man, in Tom Holland's Spider-Man universe going forward, I hope John Favreau remains as an important piece, almost like a mentor slash a, a new Uncle Ben, like yes. like type well, of character. Well, obviously, I, I put a bunch of things out. Obviously, there's going to be some kind of someone who wants to try and replace. Tony Stark is Peter's mentor. There's obviously three candidates aforementioned. I'm happy. Nick Fury, who we see in the trailer, and probably the most crucial part of this um, trailer, Quentin Beck, Mysterio. Yeah, and everybody assumes Mysterio is the villain. 
especially from the first teaser. You see, you yes. see him, you know, showing up in London. I, I forgot what he had like one or two lines in that first teaser, and you don't want any and, part of this or some such yeah, nonsense. and you know, and it kind of looks like, oh, he's the villain, um, and you know, this whole who's going to take place in London. Europe, because I th- believe Europe. they I far believe from they home. bounce around. It's going to take place far from home, Yes, because I believe they bounce around because they're also in Venice and all sorts of other places. Yeah, so, uh, but now you see this new trailer where it seems like... He's helping Nick Fury's quasi-shield. Yeah, he's helping He's helping Nick Fury. Um, he gets introduced to, to Peter Parker. Um, Who takes his mask off. Yeah, and, and then we, we see a couple of these, like, what, this water monster and stuff... What, so we don't know, like, is that the real villain? Is mis- I mean, this whole this whole trailer has unlocked okay. a lot of fan theories. And the first fan theory is, what is Mysterio? Is he a bad guy or is he a good guy? Well, since it's Mysterio, he is the master of illusion. This is a guy who, in the comic books, has been able to do a lot of shady things, including um, uh, in a Daredevil story, almost making a Daredevil kill a baby by getting a Daredevil on drugs and convincing him the baby was the Antichrist. Well, I also read too. I guess in the comic books, he he built a Spider-Man costume to commit crimes. Yes. The thing is, you can't trust him. He is the master of illusion. So, do we take him at his word that he's here to help? My th- uh, theory is that no, he's not here to help. That he's probably not even from another Earth. He is the one controlling those elementals, and he wants to try and replace Tony Stark. Is the hero in the eyes of the world. I he's using that. this technology, and he's controlling it, and he is the ultimate bad guy. But he wants everyone to think he's the greatest thing ever. I, I can see that. Um, me not knowing much about Mysterio's, you know, background and comic book background, but based on what you're saying, you know, that's that's a very yes. And continuing. Thing. He's going to obviously try and develop a relationship with Peter because somehow he knows that Stark had a relationship with Spider-Man, Peter Parker. And the reveal that Mysterio is the villain is probably going to also devastate Peter, who probably will take a shine to Mysterio and actually like him. And it's going to devastate him that the person he's trusted for, let's say, three quarters of the movie is the villain and he's going to have to take him down think about that and that would leave obviously the only two mentors nick fury the hard-ass mentor happy hogan a co-equal mentor or as the trailer's alluding to go on his own way and be his own man and not even try and replace iron man and just be spider-man yeah but go with your theory and i want to give you an off the wall theory that i want to give you well, a couple of, you know, as far as having a personal theory, um, I haven't really come up with one yet, but I have read uh, into some of the other theories that are Laying out at there. Me. Um, one theory that uh, stood out was uh, a lot of the multi-universe things. And, yes. And, and somebody on Reddit even thinks that that hybrid Spider-Man suit isn't Sp- isn't Tom Holland. It's another Spider-Man. Um. That's in that hybrid suit. That's, you know, maybe tracking, like, if, if, because apparently the claim is in this movie, and there's a clip that was on Ellen, we actually just recently watched it, where Mysterio tells Peter Parker, or he tells, yeah, he tells Peter Parker, yes. 
I'm from another Earth. Earth 833, not the Earth he'd be from, because that's the... Sorry. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. Yeah, so he says he's from another Earth, and, you know, and Peter Parker looks a little like, what? Uh, Again, this could all be the whole, like, I'm from another universe thing. This could be him being the master of illusion, Mm -hmm. where he is lying out of his ass... Because is. you could make that up. You could say, hey, yes. I'm from another Earth. And people people in this world with superheroes and superpowers would probably believe anything. We do have time travel now introduced into yes. the universe. So anything is possible. He could be from another Earth. He could be from another time. He could be from another, you know, multi-universe. And we have seen it into the Spider-Verse yes. where that also is played into the – even though it's not connected to this movie – but People now who is. have watched it can easily understand why it's possible now. But what if it is connected? But also, we know he's probably lying because in the Marvel does keep a log of all the Earths that exist throughout the Marvel Universe. The comic book universe, And you do too. <laughs> yeah, well, I know at least a couple of them. The Marvel Universe that most people read in the comic books is Earth-616, which is the Earth Mysterio tells them that they're all in, in the movie. Okay. But that's not true, because at least according to Marvel, the MCU Universe is Earth-19999, I believe it's four nines, and Earth-833 does in fact have a Spider-Man, he just happens to be part of the Captain Britain Corps, and he's Spider-Britain. So... But see, this movie's taking place in Europe. It is. So, so now you're kind of connecting very, to that. There could very well be a Spider-Man, and he's on the run from a Spider-Man. Because the Captain Britain Corps, at least in that universe and in the comic books, have a lot of travel um, uh, neat powers. So they have the ability to watch other universes in the comics. So let's, let's talk about this possibility. Then. Let's say... Mysterio, Quentin, let's say he is telling the truth, and he's from another Earth, and now he's come to this Earth, and and he's pretending to be a good guy. Yes. He's like, I'm going to come to this Earth because they lost Tony Stark, they lost Iron Man, mm-hmm. they need a replacement to that. Yes, and he's a- And now he's going to come in as that replacement, but yet the bad guy that's in him is eventually going to come out because this other Spider-Man is going to track him back to this Earth. And then that's where you're going to introduce the other Spider-Verses. And and we're this theory that maybe the hybrid suit Spider-Man is not Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Well, I think we, it's a different one. I think we see in one of the trailers where he um, is in the costume and it goes down over his face. I think we saw that in the first teaser trailer. Uh, well, from what I read on this thread uh, from Reddit, which was just recently post... Uh, the person, he maybe he's talking about a different suit. Maybe there's another clip where he's wearing something know. else. I, I don't know, but he's we'll see. He's saying I, that I like t- there's no set photos of Tom Holland wearing that suit or something like that, and and he's kind of got this whole he went in this big theory. Oh, where, obviously, where he that, doesn't look, he doesn't think it's Tom. Holland. Everything is rife for fan theories, but if he is from eight three three, the Captain Britain course could track him down, and there could be a Spider Man who comes after him. But I want to give you what would be the most meta possible um, explanation possible. This trailer is an illusion. He's Mysterio. He's the master of illusion. So that scene that we saw of him uh, pretending to be a good guy, 
doesn't really happen in a movie because that was an illusion presented to us in the marketing. It's, uh, I mean, it's possible. I'm just saying that they completely lie to us. Uh, I mean, that's, I, I mean, I felt like the first teaser was sort of, uh, sort of a lie because you really just saw Peter Parker on a field trip and Mysterio showing up with this yeah. water creature and you're like, oh, the elementals. He's, he's the bad guy, you know, and we really didn't see anybody else. Right. And we obviously didn't get any connection to Endgame in that teaser either. Well, they couldn't show us um, uh, yeah, they couldn't anything. Really, but you know, we assumed it took place afterwards. And well, we were told, I think, like a month out from uh, Endgame coming out, that Spider-Man: Homecoming, Far From Home, sorry, would be set almost immediately after. But the internet being what it is, I don't believe him. I believe it's set in the two years in between. That's what I think. Yeah. Because um, you can never trust producers; they lie all the time. I mean, one thing I, I'll i say that I hope isn't true about this film, I really hope they don't bring in another Avengers. Um, I get McFury, you know, he's going to be a centerpiece for this. Um, he, you know, be- the... Between Mysterio and, and, and Spider-Man. Yeah. But I just, you know, because we're in a post-in-game world where, you know, a lot of our heroes are still around, like... I, I honestly think these movies are so much better as individual movies. Like Homecoming, individual Spider-Man movie, loved it. Yeah, Tony Stark was in it. I was worried there was gonna be it was gonna be a team-up movie, and it wasn't. You know, Stark had a, a very small role in it, and he wasn't part of the overall storyline. No. Um, and it, it, you know, the first Iron Man movie, Captain Marvel, like a, a lot of these individual movies I love so much are like individual movies. Captain America two. Yeah, and and I and I really don't want. Well, I, I really don't want this to be. Oh, Ant Man's gonna come help him, or Captain Marvel's gonna show up, and and this is gonna well, show up, and that's gonna show up, and this is gonna show up. I'm like, oh, because that would drive me nuts, and I would hate the movie instantly. Well, obviously we know that's not gonna happen because they pretty much call out that that's not gonna happen. Because what about Thor? Off world, Captain Marvel, unavailable, and then bitch, please, you've been to space. Yeah. <laughs> and I was surprised they dropped that line in a trailer. To be quite honest. <laughs> Like, did I just hear bitch in a trailer? Bitch, please. Wow. That caught me by surprise. <laughs> but no, I'm obviously looking forward to it. Spider-Man is my favorite character. I think we're, we are being played with that um, MJ finds a, figures out that he's Spider-Man. I just think that's MJ being MJ and doing her stupid shtick where she's like says something but doesn't really mean it. And here's I'm, an... not, I'm not falling for that one for a second. And we still, since obviously MJ's a big piece into this movie we really don't know how vulture michael keaton's character um is going to play into this her dad like how is that that, how is he going to play into this movie at all liz was um uh the daughter of vulture i'm sorry yes but we don't know what happened with vulture obviously between in the in-between time (sighs) is that that i just had a thought pop in and it popped back out so don't worry about it all right. But no, I'm looking forward to this. But is he going to appear in this movie? Is there going to be it's, a mention of it? It seems doubtful. We have no. But, but, which, which is strange because he kind of had that extra credit scene yeah. where he's in prison and somebody's like, "I had no, you hear the identity of him." So I just okay. kind of wonder it, what what was the point of that scene if he's going to have zero influence into this movie okay i did just think of one thing that would have been cool in avengers endgame and i'll let you in on it 
having some of the villains that actually survived past Marvel movies being there to fight Thanos. So guys like Vulture, who obviously either came back or don't want to see people get dusted again. Guys like Whiplash. Because obviously I believe, because I've watched the scene again and again, we do see the Ravagers appear for the final battle. So at least those quote-unquote bad guys show up for the final battle against Thanos. But that was the only kind of bad guy faction I saw in that final battle. I'm like, I realize they actually... Actually, bad guys don't have a very good shelf life in this universe, but you'd think some of them, more of them would show up. Maybe the Kree. Yeah. Or maybe maybe they're just bitter, and they're like, hmm, hmm, go fight your own war. Well, it's, <laughs> well, it's everyone's war, because it's But Vulture, Vulture was in prison, so... Well, we have no idea if he was still in prison after everyone got dusted. He could have gotten yeah. out. Yeah, that, that reminds me, man. Just think about the people that... The criminals... They were wiped out and then brought back five years later. Does, it, does, does the time I was dusted count? Yeah, exactly. No. And what about all the people doing hard time in prison? They were snapped out, and then when they were snapped back in, did they reappear right in their jail cell, or were they just? It's oh, mad. Yes. I'm free. Yes. They, yes. They <laughs> and now you gotta their, go round them all up again. They appear in their jail cell because it's magic. It's how I'm explaining anything now. It's just magic. What it, What about a lady that was pregnant? Magic. And the fetus got snapped. Magic. When the fetus reappears, does it reappear in the womb? I think those two are connected, so no matter what, they're both gone. So they're both gone and they both reappear together? Yes. Oh, see? Again. Just... Magic. I'm going to I've go with magic. I've got a million magic. questions, Brad. i got a million questions. Sometimes you just have to accept fan service for what it is. Because I have, could have had questions about Batman, but when I was going through I'm like, you know what? It's just fan service. Move on. Because <laughs> I had questions about that, but I was like, as I'm writing, I'm like, this is really dumb because this is all just fan service. That's all the mo- I'm done. <laughs> I was writing notes to um, dissect Batman 89. I'm like, it's fan service. You Batman 89, what is there to dissect about Batman 89? I had some issues because you have um, uh, Joker running what is a out there in the open criminal organization and one that's supposed to be clandestine at the same time. And, of course, there was the ninja that appears atropo of nothing. <laughs> and I'd, I have one uh, I'm a quibbling um, issue with the conclusion that it took too long to get to the top of the bell tower. Yeah, my my issue, I've always thought this, too, about Batman 89 was the bell tower scene. I'm like, how did the goons get up to the bell tower? Well, that, too. How did the goons get up there, and why? Because, is, I mean, especially the, there's the a few, go, there's a few goons, that, there's few goons that are overweight. Like, how, how did they climb up all of those stairs? Like, and where? Before Batman. Yeah, well, did that's the thing, is because Batman was directly behind the Joker. Yes. But also, if you remember, he, uh, he collapsed the stairs. Yes. Like, like, how did the goons get between Batman and the Joker. Yes, it's not like um, they were up there beforehand, because he said, Go, come pick me up at the bell tower. Yeah, and it's not like the helicopter dropped the no. goons off, but again, you're going there to rescue him. Why would you go ten minutes early, mm-hmm. drop off goons, fly away, <laughs> then fly back and drop the ladder to pick up and Joker? Like, so th- that's one yeah. thing that's always drove me nuts about well, it. For me, <laughs> it just took too long to get to the top because they showed way too much of it being an arduous um, uh, yeah. climb. 
That was my and, issue. I mean, and there's obviously there's issues. I'm yeah, just well, of saying, course, I I agree. There's there's issues, but for it's me, just, it's like I've adapted those issues as fun things. Like well, yes. for example, that, the prostitute at the beginning of the movie well, that grabs a little boy. Hey, honey, uh, why is she grabbing a little boy and, and saying, "Hey, honey"? And there, and that's the <laughs> thing. It's just fan service, and we're trying to dissect this movie from 1989 through. It's a, a Tim Burton movie too. They're hard to dissect. And through, and we're dissecting. <laughs> or easy, I should say. And we're dissecting it through a modern lens and you can't do that because they weren't even 100% positive they would be able to get a film series out of this. Obviously they had hopes which is why they included a Harvey Dent character but they had no idea because Superman had box office bombed for the past two films. So no matter what any quibble I have and I have a few more but I'm not going to go into them. This movie saved superhero films. It helped extend it until the early 2000s when X-Men could pick up the baton, and then when Spider-Man, and then the next Batman trilogy, and finally into the MCU, which made superhero films the thing. And this is what's interesting, too, about Batman 89. Just we'll kind of – we're going to wrap up on on these final thoughts here. Yes. Um, But what's interesting about Batman 89 is when you watch the movie now and you just think about how that movie was marketed to kids. Mm-hmm. They had the McDonald's Happy Meal toy tie-in, lots of advertisement. Yes. I got like that movie is why I'm obsessed with Batman and why I got into superheroes because that movie was marketed to me as a nine-year-old yeah. and I loved it. I went to the theater to see it. I dragged my parent. I was like, we have to go see a Batman movie. I had to go to the Happy. <laughs> I had to get all the Happy Meal toys. Like I got obsessed with Batman yeah. because I of that it. movie. Yes. But then when I go back and I watch it, I'm like, would I show this movie to a nine-year-old? Probably not. Like it's a little violent. Like I'm glad you're dead. And he's like laughing in like the the guy's face after he fries him. And you know, and, and it's then a goofy get, movie. Yeah, and and but it's also got a lot of and that, and that that is the other issue. There, it's it's an uneven one because they're trying to do this dark and serious one, and then there are just these outrageous goofy moments. Like I said, the ninja out of nowhere. Yeah, but it's still just the mo- one of the most important films of all time because it saved superheroes. Yeah, and it was. I mean. I just think about the marketing for that movie, and because it was marketed yes. to kids, well, not even really marketed to family because it's not a family movie. Well, let's but like, remember, you know, again, it, it 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 blew up steam, and animated series came out, and then like, you know, and then again, like I Tim can, Burton almost did a, a Superman movie too. I, I can top um uh, violent films being marketed to kids though. Music at the top, RoboCop. Yes. That one was also marketed for kids, and that one was ten times more valuable. There was a RoboCop cartoon metal. Yep. I, I we had the Cap Gun toys. I had all the Cap Gun toys too. But no, it, like I said, any quibble I have with that, it just boils down to it being there for fan service, and there's no nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Just and that's why I have no real quibbles with Avengers Endgame because that final hour, the one that really makes you the most nuts, is there to serve as fan service. And I don't have a problem with that. But that's a, that'll be a discussion for another time. Yes, this has been episode 101 of the Hillcrest Duo. I am your host, Metal John, at Metal John Radio on Twitter, and that is... And I am your host, I'm Brad Risto, and at Brad Risto on Twitter. All right. Well, Brad, it was good talking to you. We will uh, yeah. be back soon. I know we've got... Uh, we're going to be taking a, probably a few weeks off, but we got some... Uh, we got Probably our next podcast will be Endgame. <laughs> Again. Uh, yes. Uh, and we also got uh, Spider-Man coming out. We've got a lot of stuff to catch up on, but uh, we'll be back in a few weeks with another mm-hmm. episode. 